0: Jack, Jack O'Hara. Boy, you asking me some
1: interesting questions, my man. It's a great question, Jack. Jack, hey, it's Josh Radder. Hey there, Jack O'Hara. It's Johnny Damon. Jack, you had questions for me. Jack O'Hara. Absolutely. This message is for Jack O'Hara. Jack, how are you? Hey Jack. Jack hey, what's going on, man? How you doing? What's going on, Jack? Uh listen man, you know you 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 asked me a couple questions. Casting around the world you're listening to the O show in the show and uh, doing your thing i mean you've got
0: some pr- pretty big name guests i've seen your your stuff so congratulations on your success jack o'jara much nicer guy than conan o'brien with much better interviewing
1: skills don't forget to share this episode on your social media now let's get to it i'm so bummed i forgot to get my girl tickets
0: for the show tomorrow and now it's sold out it's her frickin' birthday. Aw, oh, dude. She's definitely gonna break up with you. She's definitely gonna break up with me. Should've used TickPick. Wait, what'd you say? TickPick.
1: Look. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! What? There are no hidden fees. What'd you guys think I said? Oh, TickPick.
0: I thought you said... TickPick. No hidden fees. Download today. much man
1: my god like, uh, I'm, I'm glad that they put this feature on Kim and uh, I've actually talked to a guy with the high school on
0: here oh no way really yeah did he pay just to talk to you yeah I think I said man I know your brother why would you tell your brother to call me okay. and he was like oh man I, I didn't want to do that I want to talk to you myself I mean you got the connection why not that's bizarre I, I was, I got, I got one question I kind of want to pick your brain about because I know we got like a minute here. Uh, obviously, what was it? The 2013 storyline you had with Cena, the whole retirement segment, the whole angle there. How much of that was your idea? How much of that was creative? Because, again, I think that's probably one of the best, you know, segments, I think, from a storytelling perspective in raw history. It was, it was just me and Vince.
1: There wasn't nobody
0: else involved. Oh, wow. That's nuts. yeah vince, vince was like no
1: you, you're too young like don't do it you got a lot left and um he was right you know i mean it is, it's it's easy to do and easy to go there when that's where you really want to be yeah so it wasn't hard for
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's nuts. I mean, you put on an Oscar performance doing it. I thought you were going to retire. Well, thanks so much, man, for doing this. I really appreciate it.
1: I'm so boned. I forgot to get my girl tickets for the show tomorrow, and now it's sold out. It's her freaking birthday. Oh dude, she's definitely totally going to break up with you. She's definitely going to break up with me. Should
0: have used TickPick. Wait, what'd you say? Tick-pick. look. Oh,
1: whoa, 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 whoa. Dude. What? There are no hidden fees. What you guys think I said? Oh, Tick Pick. I thought you said Tick Pick. No
0: hidden fees. Download today. Thanks for coming on. I know you're busy. You have a show tonight?
1: I do. I do have a show tonight. It's a, a two day tournament, actually, the bars and shows that we do in LA. Most fun shows ever.
0: I'm sure. I'll jump right into it. It shouldn't be that quick. Uh, I wanted to ask you, just because I find this very interesting. You started wrestling at just age 16, competing in the U.K., South Africa. Talk to me about getting your start in pro wrestling, and was it always your like dream to be a pro wrestler?
1: Oh, yeah. My father was a wrestler and a promoter, so you know, I grew up in the business. So that's, that Ever since I was a kid, when I was eight, I decided this is what I wanted to do. And you know I just put all my focus, energy, and drive into that and uh yeah actually next month it's been next middle of march it'll be 22 years so i've been very lucky and uh very blessed with a, with a long career cause each, the average age for uh, uh, a wrestling a wrestler is like five years everybody so i've been very lucky
0: you're exclusively with ring of honor now or are you bouncing around
1: i am exclusively with the ring of honor they let me um, honor my dates that I already had booked previously. I have about forty independent bookings, which they let me honor, and they let me do international bookings, which is big for me because 80 percent of my income is international bookings. Right. so Yeah, I have a really good deal with them, and they, you know, like they, they're very lenient and like forgiving. If I, uh, if I, if I request, if we're not working at the, a certain weekend, and I want to go work indie show, I just have to clear it with them, and they'll, they'll. Uh, most probably, most likely, clear
0: for me. <laughs> this also is very intriguing to me. So, PJ Black, what you started out with, you go to WWE, you're Justin Gabriel, you're PJ Black again, your name's Philip Lloyd, like, what's the whole, like, name, like, how do you go about, like, the name-picking process for this?
1: Uh, so, in WWE, they didn't want, I, I've been, yeah, I've been PJ Black since I was 15 years old. In WWE, they didn't want us to have like our real names or anything that sounded similar to that or anything that we used at that time. Like now it's cool, now they get, you know, AJ gets to use his name and Samoa Joe and those guys, but back then, and it changes all the time. Um, So yeah, that was something I I initially thought of the name Justin Angel, Um, but uh, I guess Vince was friends with Chris Angel and it sounded too similar, blah, 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 Uh, and then that kind of changed to Justin Gabriel without me knowing. Like, I legit found out as I walked to the ring, (laughs) which is fascinating. Either way, it is what it is.
0: You get your start in uh, WWE. You have, you're in the newly formed faction. You had the Nexus, you had uh, Barrett, Otunga, Sheffield, Young. You're in your first feud with a guy like John Cena, the, basically the guy in the business. You're taking out all guys like Vince McMahon, Bret the Hitman Hart, Jericho Edge, the list goes on and on. Orton, walk me through that experience, uh, given it was like your first main roster experience in the company.
1: Oh, dude, so much fun. You know, like, uh, you know, guys, I, 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 I watched on TV a few years before that. Next thing you know, I was in the ring main event SummerSlam with a nexus at the staples center which is fantastic i got to work uh, at live events with john cena for like three four five months you know like live events non televised uh, shows which was some of the most fun i've ever had in my career it was it was just surreal you know but then after a few months you kind of just become one of those guys and then the next guys come onto the road from from fcw or nxt you're like oh man i've been watching you on tv and now they get to work with with you, it's kind of like just dressing, kind of like just evolving into a revolving door too. So I, I got to
0: play both ends of that side. We had the Nexus. What was the other experience like you were in uh, the core? They kind of like split you guys up. Uh, they put like CM Punk in charge of the Nexus, Barrett's in the core. Like what was that like? That was, that was cool. I mean, it
1: kind of like a transitional era where we tried a bunch of stuff out and like some of the stuff that we tried did not work obviously some of the stuff did work I mean I I still had a lot of fun I I wish they they, they'd given us more direction at the time because when that run was over they're like oh we kind of wish you guys did this I'm like well why did not you tell us to do that we would have done that you kind of like just put us in there and be like do whatever you guys want Uh, you know like sometimes it's good to have direction sometimes it's, it's good not to have too much direction but uh, we, we thought that's the direction that they wanted us to go in, but we were wrong. But, like, you know, it was still a fun time. Like, uh, I'm just sad, like, that Nexus never got a WrestleMania moment. Core did get a WrestleMania match. Uh, it was very quick, very short enough. You can remember that in uh, WrestleMania Atlanta. But right. nonetheless, we
0: got a, <laughs> we got a little uh, WrestleMania moment. Yeah, and that, the Nexus that basically took up most of 2010. Like it would have been cool to see Nexus at WrestleMania in a big like faction feud, maybe even like against the Core, given that oh, that was already happening. So maybe come back
1: for, against the Shield or something. Oh, that would that
0: would have been awesome. Nexus versus the Shield. I never thought about that.
1: Like yeah, we actually pitched it a few times, and like it was just hard because a lot of the Nexus guys were doing other stuff. And, uh, you know, like, it almost happened a few times, actually. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately, never did. Who,
0: who, who would you consider, like, your greatest, like, in-ring opponent? Like, who did do you think you had the most chemistry with during your time in uh, WWE? Oh, man. Uh, in WWE? Yeah. It, it's
1: hard to say, you know, because everyone there is so good. and That's why they're there. They're there for the reason, for a reason, you know? Even, like, guys... That aren't necessarily too good or too polished, once you go to FCW or NXT, man, all those guys just become really good wrestlers, like like in FCW, right before it turned into NXT, I, chemistry was pretty much everybody there, I mean, if, if, if one person had to stand out, probably he, I mean, Swagger, I mean, I had some great matches with Cena, um, oh man, like, everyone on the WWE roster, like, if, if, maybe, Rey Mysterio, but it wasn't it wasn't in WWE, it was uh, in Lucha Underground, but like, I know Rey's back in WWE, so that was also one of my favorite matches ever. I
0: guess that leads me to my next question, like your favorite match in the company, would you say Rey Mysterio? Um.
1: In, in, in WWE. Yeah. So I, I didn't wrestle right in WWE. I just I tagged with him a lot. let see. My favorite match in WWE, this is actually funny, like, you, you always w- look at matches back and you can nitpick it, right? There's always like a, a thousand things that you would have done differently. Um, one of my favorite, favorite matches was a match against Hunico on Superstars, actually a 20-minute match and like, I always look back at that match. I, I tried to find it on YouTube the other day and I couldn't find it but I do have it on my hard drive somewhere um, and it was just like perfect, you know, like the timing, everything was perfect the storytelling was great, like, everything just happened, like, really good, and for some reason, that match stands out in my head.
0: Wow, okay, so superstars, that that doesn't even exist anymore, superstars, I totally forgot that whole, like, um, pre-show thing that they had.
1: It's funny, because um, superstars, at main event, the shows with a lot of wrestling on, internationally, they have the highest ratings, you know, like, uh, if I look back in, in, especially in South Africa, where I grew up, or Africa, a lot of people don't speak English, So you know like Raw and SmackDown that always opens with a 20, 30, 40 minute uh, promo segment. The people that don't speak English, they don't understand that, but everyone understands wrestling. So superstars
0: and NXT and main event, like the the shows with less talking, they actually are higher rated internationally. That's your WWE favorite match. What is your all-time favorite match in pro wrestling?
1: I mean, it's hard to pick one, man. That one against Rey Mysterio on Season 3 of Lucha Underground, and then the following week against Ricochet. That that has to be one of my Oh, yeah. Week,
0: I can only imagine team. that. Both of yeah. you guys so high so flyers like interest. that. That guy's so good. Oh, man. And how how was your experience in Lucha Ground under, like, overall? I loved it,
1: man. It was some of the most fun I've had in wrestling. I've been doing this, you know, like next month, it'll be 22 years. It's the, the most fun I've ever had in wrestling. Like a talented group of guys who just everyone wanted to help each other out the locker room was great you know um in wrestling you don't have a lot of friends you have a lot of acquaintances but I I can honestly say that the whole locker room at Leech Underground we were friends like even now when we see each other on different shows and you know like I I felt like it was magic while it was happening you know and uh I took the job too because I'm a huge fan of Robert Rodriguez I think he's a genius he's a great director. Um, and, you know, his insight made that show what it was.
0: Who would you consider to be your biggest mentor in wrestling? Uh,
1: well, probably my dad. You know, my dad was a wrestler. And, I mean, he stretched me as a kid. He was, he was a pretty pretty tough guy. Like, he, in South Africa, was tradition that everyone's first match was always against him. Okay. I and mean, he'd be on top of that list. But uh, a few other guys, too, you know, like uh, Undertaker, for sure. Um, you know, like all the... Even Cena, in a way, like, because he was one of the guys that pushed, you know, at that time, no one was allowed to hit, like, these crazy moves, and they can't you know, WWE was going away from, like, pile drivers oh, yeah, for sure. and for And high playing remember that era? Right. He was one of the guys that, 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 that said, like, yo, this kid can do a 450 safety on anybody, and, like, I, they made me hit it on a bunch of different people to see if I could do it, you know? And then they were like, okay, we'll let this kid hit this on TV. So, I mean, he played a huge part in that for sure. And, you know, like I worked out with him at his gym and, you know, just outside of wrestling, I, I could say, like, he was a he was kind of a mentor to me.
0: You mentioned those guys like Cena, Taker. And do you have, like, any cool stories about those guys, like any advice they gave you during that feud and during that run with the company?
1: Oh, man, so many stories that I probably shouldn't tell. <laughs> uh, let me see if there's something I could tell you. Uh, I, gotta, I gotta think about this for a second.
0: Right, we can talk about anything on this show. Unless it's illegal, then... <laughs> let, me, let me think about that for a second. I mean, there's so many great, like, road stories, you know, like... I'm gonna, I'm gonna write a book about it one day for sure. say <laughs> everything. Uh... We'll come back to that later, i think a little bit. All right, all right. Yeah, I'm definitely going to ask that again. Again, talk about anything, unless it's, you know, uh, personal, illegal, something that you absolutely can't talk about. So after WWE, you go to uh, TNA. Talk to me about your experience in TNA for that short term. Yeah, so,
1: I mean, I was never really interested in TNA, but uh, that was the year that Jeff Jarrett kind of, like, tried to go back there and start that up. He started the Global Force thing. Actually. Right. We did the Global Force Invasion. Um, and Jeff just became a huge fan of mine for some reason. They needed someone to work the Bullet Club of the show. And I was like, let me do it. And man, they're like, but you're a baby face. And I was like, I'm, I'm like, a yeah, way better heel, like, till this day. And uh, I got to the back, and Jeff Jarrett was like, you are a great heel. You should never be a baby face ever again. And then he just, he took a liking to me, and he pushed me huge on, on the Global Force show. He let me do whatever I wanted. And I was like, I, I want some promo time, I like this, because I don't feel like people know I am, and my personality, and like, it, 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 everyone thinks I'm a high flyer, but there's so much more to PJ Black, and so he kind of like gave me the ball, and I just ran with it, I wish that Global Force got a better TV deal, or got a TV deal, uh, but anyway, so we did the TNA Invasion angle, uh, I think I did like four or five TV tapings, which we filmed in one week, I was the next-gen champion, and then I won the, the King of the Mountain title, the first show, Lost it, I think, to Bobby Lashley or Bobby Cruz. One of the two. I think they were both in that match. But it was a little, It was a fun little experience, you know. It was at that time TNA was very, very different to what it is now, right. uh, and uh, I mean, it, it, it keeps evolving. Like right now, the completely different product, I think. But uh, yeah, I just, I just, like, I didn't want to sign at that time. I didn't want to sign with anybody. So I just wanted to do independence and travel and kind of like work on on my character and my stuff, my wrestling, like brand you will (laughs) and uh, yeah I mean it was definitely fun it just uh, we never really Got to sit down to discuss contract stuff because I, I just told him I wasn't interested right off the bat.
0: Right after you leave WWE, of course. So uh, right now, obviously with all Elite Wrestling forming, there's a lot of WWE guys who are one out basically. They're all granting releases. Walk me through like the story of you leaving WWE. Was that a, like creative frustration, like out of like the creative wise with your character, or what was that? Yes, man
1: was a lot of frustration because every week I pitched something different, different characters, different storylines. I even went back to NXT to work on a few things with uh, Dusty Rhodes at the time and some character development and like a bunch of new stuff and like nothing, nothing was working, nothing was taking. I feel like we were in that transition era of Uh, the startup of NXT right like the actual performance center and I feel like everyone who who came into the performance center at that time were like Hunter's kids and and that's fair enough so he wanted to push them instead of everyone else, everyone else who came from FCW and everyone who came before that so I feel like I was just kind of in a rut where nothing I did was like good enough or was being seen or like none of my pictures was even being looked at and yeah it was kind of like a build up um for like two or three weeks like even if they didn't use you they'd fly you to tv right so you just sit there it's the most boring thing ever just sitting in catering all day and you, you watch all your friends like have cool segments and promos and matches and you're not doing anything it's the most boring thing ever man so i did i, I kind of sat backstage for like two or three weeks and then i was like man i'm just gonna go home because no one even knows i'm here so i i started just like booking my flights earlier home myself uh, and this one day on the flight they were like oh we need you for the segment and I was like you know what never mind I, I just, just tell them I quit and they're like well no just calm down go home and just like think about it and like we'll talk tomorrow and by the time I got home I was just like you know what this, this actually this is one of the hardest things that, that I've ever had to do but this is I'm going to go through it." and I just uh, I asked for my release and they and they, they luckily they were, they were kind of mad at it but the way I did it but like they, they weren't too bad about
0: it. Wow. So, and you actually, like, pitched like, your new, like, Darewolf persona with PJ Black. You actually, did you pitch that to Triple H during NXT? Like, you wanted to, like, revamp your character, bring someone new into NXT? I
1: did. I did. And he hated the Darewolf name initially, but Vince liked it, and Vince actually trademarked it. And then, you know, when I left WWE a year or two later, uh, if you don't use a trademark, it gets abandoned. So, like, I, I jumped on it immediately. I just found my mistake one day, and I trademarked it myself where I own it, and i think it's cool i mean maybe he didn't think at the time it was cool because he's one of those guys if he doesn't come up with the idea he doesn't think it's cool uh but uh you know it is what it is now i own it i think it's cool and i'm gonna run with it and you know like if i ever go back one day i'm pretty sure they'll use it
0: correct me if i'm wrong did you actually get an nxt offer before you signed with ring of honor
1: yes away from the stable center so they had like the nxt there on the saturday the survivor series was there on the sunday then raw on monday and then tuesday so i went to all the tv days just to hang out really just to go say hi to all my friends i ended up talking with the, the talent scouts and i talked to hunter and vince and stuff like that and uh, they, they asked if i would be open to that and i was like at first i wasn't but I, I obviously on the spot i just said yes i was like yeah i would totally be open to it but then I, I thought about it for a while and i was like you know what i've been there done that in nxt i'd, I'd probably be required to do what 240 between 280 dates right a year, and roh basically offered me more money for doing, like, 50 days, which is, I mean, it was, it was kind of like a no-brainer. And I'd have freedom, you know, and I haven't done ROH. And ROH is probably the, the only uh, the top TV company in the in the country that I haven't won a title yet, so if I can do that somehow in my next year or two at ROH, then I think I'll be one of the first people to do that, so that's kind of like what I'm looking at right now.
0: Yeah, I feel like a lot of guys right now, like you, you're you on the road pretty much all year round in WWE. For guys like you who want to revamp your character, you feel like you get like uh, potentially lost in the shuffle per se in wwe because like you said it's what they want to do not really what you want to do you have more creative power in these other companies do you feel like a lot of uh current wwe superstars might leave and like chase uh their own like desired storylines
1: uh yes and no i feel like a lot of guys want to do that but a lot of guys have families right so you gotta like take care of your family first whatever comes first i mean mean, the guys even if they're not on tv at all like some of my friends that they make really good money like like much better money than they could make on the indies or with a proper job or with a degree or anything so for them they just kind of like hold on and like they have to take care of their families there are a few guys here and there who are not married they did which they might do but it's still kind of it's hard for some guys but i mean it's hard to speak for those guys but i i feel like we will see that more often now now that there are other options popping up you know like you've got the AEW popping up and ROH is throwing a lot of money around and TNA is like trying to make a huge comeback and uh, I I feel like it's in a very exciting time in the business for sure For, for wrestlers and for fans actually you know like I feel like we have to have other places to go. If we didn't somehow create the Monday Night Wars, you know that's why I hope AEW is a big success because if, if if that kind of happens, that I mean, how good is that for fans and for wrestlers? It's like if we have other places to go, and you even see that with NXT right now, you know, like now <laughs> whoever's in charge, i say let's say Hunter's in charge there for real. NXT is completely different style to what the main roster is, right? And I feel like they uh, they were like, oh man, we're gonna have to keep up with the Indies and all the crazy spots and thing and you know, characters that the, the guys are doing. I'm indie, so Right, uh, it's definitely in that
0: aspect yeah and this is probably the like I, if you said that like five years ago like WWE was the top dog with all the other industries kind of below it now this is really we're getting into that era where all of these places Ring of Honor, TNA, like they're all like almost equal I mean not equal per se but fans are starting to drift off other places to see other type of storylines, other type of feuds so it's cool to I see. So now that you're exclusively with Ring of Honor, what are your top goals right now for your character and your career?
1: I just, I just want like people to see uh, the real PJ Black. I've been working on a lot of character stuff, and obviously my style's completely different. People think I'm a high flyer, but I'm really a much better technical wrestler and character wrestler, uh, which I want to show that. And obviously I still do the 450, and I still do some high flying moves because, you know, that's the the hybrid style that, that that I'm used to and that people love. But there is just a way other, a way other side of PJ Black that I want to. I want to show people. Um, I definitely want to work with Jay Diesel. I definitely want to go for the ROH title. I feel like I, I can fit into that picture very well. And obviously ROH has a uh, partnership with New Japan. That's also something I'm looking at. Yeah. I think my, my style would fit in there perfectly.
0: Oh, for sure. New Japan would be exciting. Uh, you you uh, had, I don't know if you're still like doing shows for them. How was uh, the uh, NWA experience?
1: That was fun, man that, and Dave Lagana, the producer of the show, he's fantastic, um, it, it was it was a lot of fun, like, um, me and Aldous actually started that uh, storyline way before him and Cody did the storyline, so it was kind of like backtrack, but, like, I think they did a phenomenal thing with their, with their, with their the 10 pounds of gold, the little YouTube show they have, they right. did a fantastic job with producing that, and, like, telling stories, because, you know, that's what, that's, that's, for me, and a lot of people from my generation, I'm not sure how old you are, but that's what got us into wrestling, you know? It was those those video packages. Remember, like, WrestleMania, 1, 2, 3, 4, those little video packages of over-the-top characters. Yeah. I feel like that's what NWA is trying to do like trying that old school storytelling but with like a, a more modern real feel to it I think it's fantastic I, I really hope that
0: takes off I'm sure it will I mean again that's the more appealing side to wrestling fans like me and all the other wrestling fans around the world I feel like these these companies are more open like you said to having superstars have their own creative control um, and people appeal to that way more than they do to WWE's storyline where it Basically, what they want—they're not really listening to their fans all that much. Right, exactly. And I mean, lately they've been listening a little bit here and there, but it's still it's still the same old stuff. 2015. So, talk about your uh, House of Glory matchup with AJ Styles. He was like the New Japan World Champion at the time. Tell me about that match. That must have been a phenomenal match. It was. It was. It was amazing, man. Like one of my dream matches for sure. And the whole plan for me was to go over like for, for the whole
1: month, but then he became the. New Japan champion, so obviously I couldn't beat the, the, <laughs> the New Japan champion, but I mean, I don't care about that, I just got to work him, um, I remember on the day two, we had to go up first, because I had another show in England, so I had to catch a flight from JFK, so we got, I got to the building, and I just got taped immediately, and he got there late, like 10 minutes before, and I was like, bro, we're up first, so... Uh, <sighs> We literally just didn't plan anything. We just freestyled the whole match. I was like, "Listen, I do everything you do, like pretty much your moveset. Just every time I do it, reverse it. Like, and like I feel like." If you- like, if you, if you watch it back, like, you know, like, you can tell, like, it was kind of weird, but it was very entertaining, I think. It was one of my favorite matches, for
0: sure. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to go back and watch that match. Again, to re- uh, reiterate, like, 16 years old, you start professional wrestling. Was was pro wrestling, like, always the dream? Like, did you ever have any other, like, ideas what you wanted to do with your life? And what made you decide that that was it? Like, you said your dad was a wrestler.
1: Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, no, I, I completely, I decided when I was eight years old. When I was eight years old, I played the remember that Raw video game on, on Genesis, yeah. like it was called Saturn, the first it was called Back Home. Soon, when I played that the first time, I looked to my mom and I was like, yo, this is what I'm going to do. And obviously my mom, being married to a wrestler, she wasn't too fond of the idea. And, you know, she wanted me to finish school and get a degree and stuff like that, which I did. I did just to make her happy but uh, she's,
0: I think she's very happy now that I'm actually making a living wrestling <laughs> um, I'm, I'm sure um, one more question before I go back to the storytelling aspect I'm very very interested in hearing that Rhodes, Young Bucks, they start All Elite Wrestling there's WWE guys who say they're going to go over you see a guy like Dean Ambrose who says he's not coming back who knows where he's going to end up my question is you just signed exclusively with Ring of Honor will we ever see PJ Black down the road in All Elite Wrestling? would you ever be open to it?
1: totally be open Never say never. I mean, like I said earlier, like, I really hope that they can create. They have the money backing. They have the power, I feel like. And, you know, they're building a great roster. And I feel like it's possible that they can, we can somehow create, even to us on a small scale, create, like, the Monday Night Wars. Obviously, it's not going to be on Monday, but just say that. The TV Wars, I mean, I think it'll be fantastic. Yeah, I'll I'll be completely open to that. I spoke to Cody a little while ago, and we didn't talk anything about that. But, I mean, that's that's a possibility. Uh, the ROH deal just came at a, the exact time and exactly what I wanted at the time, so you know, like it was, it was kind of a no-brainer for me.
0: Right. And how long are you signed with Ring of Honor?
1: It's just a, it's just a year deal, but after a year, it becomes either party can give thirty days notice. So it's really, a really flexible deal, which, which suits me perfectly, and uh, I think it's great. And financially, it's great too. And yeah, so it, this year should be fun. Let's see where it goes. But I feel like I'm going to be there for a little while if it goes well, because I really like. What they're doing and what they're trying to do right now, and the, the way the company is going, so. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Like, actually, let's do this interview in a year from
0: now and let's see how much has changed. So, a one-year deal, you have room, like, you've been everywhere. You've been in multiple wrestling uh, promotions. Would you prefer signing, like, a one-year deal before, like, obviously, you say you like it and you'd like to stay longer if you could. What's your uh, take on, like, a one-year deal where you you have room to experience what you experience, if you like it or not, and then, as opposed to, like, a long-year deal, like, you were with WWE for a while, and towards the end, you just didn't love it at all Anymore. Right, yeah,
1: no, I think it's perfect, man, like, the, like seriously, like, everything about this contract is perfect, and where I am right now in my life, in my career, it, it couldn't have gone any better, like, like, I couldn't even have negotiated something better myself, so I, I think it's great, man, like, you know, a lot can happen in a year, but also nothing can happen in a year, and if nothing happens, then I have options, like, I have so many options right now, but
0: I feel like it's, it's going to be... A, a great year for sure and before i let you go because i know you got that uh, match tonight just want to reiterate what i asked before like any any cool interesting stories with like the likes of cena taker any like advice they gave you over the years oh man uh, so interesting story uh, one of undertaker's first matches was actually in south africa i mean he was training for like a, maybe two weeks and
1: they needed a big uh, a, a big tall texan guy carried. yeah and many South Africa was kind of like an unofficial territory. I mean, I grew up watching Hulk Hogan come job to our champion, um, Andre the Giant come job to our champion, and, you know, there was our YouTube back there, no dirt sheets, so no one, no one knew of this. Um, and I remember t- Taker having his very first match in this building, the same building that I had my first match in. It's the tennis stadium in Durban, and WWE still runs that building to this day. You know, so, like, it, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a shithole, but it's got a lot of history, and you know i watched a lot of matches there growing up I Watched my dad there and you know like every time i see taker we kind of like laugh about it and he's like yo is that building still the same i'm like it's exactly the same they <laughs> haven't even painted it yet so we kind of just laugh about that and like i feel like we have some weird connection because i told him like my first ever match was also in that building and actually another funny story the houses for coincidence so wwe runs that building so uh, when did SmackDown go there? 2012 or 13, I think we ran that same building. So my first match was in that building against my dad. And when I ran there with WWE,
0: like 15 years later... We Wrestle on my dad's birthday in that same building. Wow, oh, how weird
1: is that coming?
0: Full circle. Oh, that's awesome! That's an awesome story for you. <laughs> that's one for my book for sure. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. And so, talk to me a little bit about that. I know it's just an idea right now, but like, what's your uh, plan for that? Just like career stories, uh, locker room stories, like,
1: totally. Like, I mean, I have so many heat stories, like, so many because that guy is such a character, I think he's fantastic. I have so many stories of him because, I mean, we were tag champs three times, right? So for like three, four years, we traveled together on the road like five days a week. So I got to spend a lot of time with him. So I have so many stories with him and all the guys. And, you know, just like I've had quite a unique experience moving from South Africa. WWE moved me to the U.S. So I I think I have quite a unique and inspiring story that I want to share with people, um, you know, but I mean, that's, I'm still far away from that. I still want to wrestle another 10 years before I even, like, start that book. Because I want to not write, like, two or
0: three or four, like, Jericho. I want to write one, one, one and done. Sort of. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, well, writing a book's tough, so you kind of want to keep it short. Get all your stories in just one giant book. Do you have any, like, ideas for a name for it yet?
1: No, no, I don't. <laughs> like, like I said, that's probably 10 years away. Or I want to wrestle as long as I can. When my body starts, like, giving out or giving in, that's when I'll start uh, thinking about stuff like that. But I do, I do, every once in a while, I sit down and I think of stories just so I can, like, uh, you know, put it away in case I get too many concussions one day or get old or
0: Alzheimer's or whatever. So, so I do have, like, memories of these road stories. Like,
1: right now, I can't even think of any more stories, like about C taker but like there, there'll be many of them i'm
0: sure i just have to sit down and think about it for a second and there's like a lot of guys i hear who like one towards the end of their career they kind of wish they kind of like wrote things down like little stories down like regardless of what, where they were in the business just so they can like go back check it out and like you potentially write a book about it
1: right exactly and i, I think it's just like thinking ahead um, and we've learned from other guys too to to do that. You know, like Jericho writes still to this day, writes down every
0: single match he's done. Yeah. And what the finish was, where it was. And I think that's a great idea. I kind of wish I did that. Oh, yeah, man, for sure. I mean, not too late. You say you have 10 years left. Do it now.
1: <laughs> that's wow. true. Or maybe I'll just document the last 10 years. But, you know, like with like YouTube now, like, I kind of just document everything and put it on the YouTube channel. I kind of vlog it. So there's kind of like a record, kind of, of everything I'm doing from now on. Thank goodness for technology, right?